A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Somebody said to me there, Keith, um, the gizmo um, you're talking about is a cardio mobile and probably a good investment. Also recommended to me by my doctor. Very interesting chat with Neil Johnson. And thanks for highlighting it, Jam. That's what it's called. Actually, the person questions my wife. And she's had that cardiomyopathy or cardio atrium fibrillation. Yeah, that one. Uh, for quite some time and she's been minded so she's by the cardiologist uh, it's an extra beat uh, but uh, she was told by the cardiologist and by her GP to get that gizmo and it's brilliant absolutely stunningly brilliant and uh, what you can do is and so she had <laughs> I'm not surprised she had uh, um, a very high number recently which I'm not surprised with either and she could just from her phone just email it off to Jim Crowley and the cardiologist for him to look at but she has to you know it's like they're not going to take action straight away. You have to, you have to have all the portfolio and all the figures put together. But that Gizmo, that's what it's called, Gizmo Cardio Mobile. Uh, I think they're made in Kerry. Well, right in from Kerry. That's all I know. Anyway, let me move on because the oxygen has definitely gotten to the head, uh, back into the head of Minister Norma Foley when it comes to uh, education. And the min- the uh, minister indeed has decided that the plan that she uh, floated last year. Uh, for students to sit the Leaving Cert uh, Paper 1 and uh, in Irish and English in fifth year should be reversed. At the time we spoke to Miriam Duggan, who's the ACI president, and Miriam joins me back on the line again today. Miriam, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Good morning to your listeners. The oxygen has got there, so it has. It took a while to get there, but you, you did lobby quite a bit. You did speak about the, the lunacy of this, um, but they know she has done a U-turn on this and she's brought it to Cabinet this morning. Yeah, well, I must say that that we welcome the fact that the Minister has listened to the concerns of teachers and students, and none of whom welcomed the original proposal. And she's shown that she can listen to the voice of practitioners and that she can adapt. And that's to her credit. Mm. We're very pleased with this decision. Yeah, but I mean, the situation is it did put an awful lot of pressure on, on people or would have put an awful lot of pressure on people. Um, now this pressure has been taken off, so it's back to normal. It'll be done in the uh, in the June, whatever it is of of the year of you're doing your leaving cert, and you'll do paper one and paper two over a two day period, and it's it's back to normality. Well, yeah, uh, just a few things to say. Um, we were very much, and we are very much in sympathy with the minister's aim to reduce stress for students. We didn't agree that this was a way of reducing stress. We saw an awful lot of flaws uh, with the minister's original proposal. And um, we know it was well-intentioned, but it was flawed. And it was flawed on a number of levels. If you look at English paper, um, the English paper, and if you look at the English syllabus, the English syllabus is designed to encourage students to develop their own voice. And the way they do, that we do that with them is over a two-year period, we introduce them to other people's writing and use that writing of other people to... Um, stimulate the development of their own voice. So putting a terminal exam on after one year diminished that process and made a nonsense of the syllabus. And then when you look at at Irish paper, uh, there are four aspects to teaching a language. There's the oral, there's the aural, which is the listening exam, there's the writing and there's the reading. And they're taught together. And, and that conforms to the norms of best international practice. So putting a paper on after one year of a two-year course and splitting up 
uh, those different functions of language, again, made no sense. So, yes, we did make representations uh, about it. And on Gresson, the um, the Irish Teachers Network Group, and I note the English Teachers uh, um, uh, Representative Group, and the TUI and ourselves all came together and we all pointed out the flaws and the difficulties um, that was that were created, we felt would be created by this system. And we were worried about a number of things. Moving some of the papers to fifth year means that any student going from third year into fifth year will do three years of consecutive state exams, which we felt was problematic as well. So we really welcome this, this deferral. Uh, and we feel that that by putting this off and, and by going back to the drawing board on it means that there's space for discussion. But today's a good news story because effectively the minister has listened to the voice of practitioners, which is great. But somebody somewhere, uh, Miriam Duggan, ACI president along the line, didn't understand this because you have two syllabus. You have the junior and you have the leaving. But you cannot yes. start the leaving after X amount of months and say, now we're going to have a state exam. And that's going to contribute to what you do next year. So somebody somewhere didn't get that you have to do the full syllabus in junior and you do the junior cert. You do the full syllabus in leaving cert and you do the leaving cert. Yes. You don't yeah, just, you don't do half it. That, that, that was part of the problem. When you start cutting up and changing the exams, I, I spent a very worrying day recently where I sat down saying, okay, imagine we're going into fifth year next year. Uh, imagine you have a fifth year class and imagine that there are changes to the papers. And I tried to sit down and work out what I would do with my fifth year students if there were a terminal exam at the end of fifth year. And the workload that you'd be asking of students is enormous. And the worry is always there that you'd lose some of the less less capable students. Yeah or that their confidence would be diminished. But I couldn't actually get through a scheme of work that would allow me to cover, to leaving certificate standard, the things that would be required if you were to split up the papers. So it didn't make any sense at all. Um, And I can't comment about other people, but I, I think the main point here is that in any change we make, that it's absolutely central that we listen to the voice of the practitioner and and that's what teachers are that's the experience we can bring and and it's important because we're day in day out in the classroom we know what works we know what doesn't and while something might look really good on paper sometimes somebody who's working at the cold phase can say well actually hang on a second now there's a problem with that yeah yeah and that's the wisdom that we bring as well as the theory, we bring the solid experience that we have. And we're very glad that this has been listened to. It's, it's really important mm. if any change we make is important. Because, Keith, look, you know this. The Leaving Cert isn't perfect, but it's a trusted model. It has a very strong international reputation. And we saw how, during the pandemic, our society really values this. So any changes we make must be very much reflected on and thought through. And we believe, and hopefully the department also believes, that we need to listen to the voice of those who are at the cold face, the teachers. Well, I spoke to one principal today uh, at a conference. He was at a conference in Dublin, whatever conference is going on in Dublin today. Yes. He he said that he has an absolutely over-the-moon TY class uh, in his school 
um, because this was resolved today, which means they have two-year cycle now to come after TY and they don't have to worry about starting um, immediately to try and get stuck into uh, a term. You, do you call it a terminal exam at the end of the year? Well, it, 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 well, if it's a state exam, it's absolutely exam, terminal. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is because it's your final grade. But that's very interesting that you mentioned about transition year because one of the concerns that we have had um, with this is that we're hearing from teachers now, it's anecdotal, so um, it, it's not complete evidence, but we're hearing from teachers of transition year now that they have been under pressure from their transition year classes to do some of the aspects of the paper that would have been put on at the end of fifth year. And and that just goes against everything that transition year is about. Uh, it shouldn't be about that. And again, it shows that if the aim is to reduce stress, the fact that students who haven't even gone into fifth year yet are worrying about a paper shows that this move would not have reduced stress. Uh, rather, it would have created a further stress for students. So uh, that's very interesting that you mention that. William Duggan, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Good news, and I'm sure the parents will be relieved that they won't be listening uh, to students coming home tonight saying, imagine, imagine, I have to do it. Uh, but there you go. Thank you indeed, uh, Miriam Duggan, for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. Comment lines are open today if you do want to get through to us. We'd like to hear from you. And again, you can do so to 0917700077. And you can also get to us on 086 38 And that's 086 38 3553. Let me go to um, Tanya Constable, who joins me, Optometry Ireland's president. Uh, because uh, optometrists uh, can get eye patients seen sooner. I'm just wondering where the black blockage is in this. And uh, I'm going to go to uh, Tanya. Tanya, good morning to you. Morning, Thank Tanya. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us uh, today. So the statement is very clear. Optometrists can um, get eye patients seen sooner. And you warned that the waiting list for eye care remains unacceptably high at more than 42,300. And you have available capacity in your members and to get more patients seen. So where is the blockage on this one, Tanya? I think there have been some really good schemes run by the HSC in different parts of the country, but the difficulty is that there isn't really a national program, um, especially for children and for cataract schemes. So we really have put our case to the HSC and the Department of Health, but unfortunately there just hasn't been much interaction with them, to be perfectly honest. Um, and some of the schemes that the HSC has run in parts of the country have demonstrated that optoms are you know, highly skilled, well able to manage these patients and reduce waiting lists and times for patients. So I go back to where is the blockage then? Is is the funding not in place? Is it not being taken seriously? Because at the end of the I day, if you're talking about 42,300 people mm. of all ages, that's an awful lot of people mm. that could be assisted to have a better quality of life. Absolutely. And of those 42,333,000 are an outpatient waiting list. So the challenge is that there isn't funding on a national basis um, for, especially for paediatric eye care. Um, it's done very much at a local level. Um, and what we really are calling for is a national program with funding um, alongside that so that optoms can see these patients locally and that you get the right care in the right place at the right time, which is in line with Shlon care. 
But Tanya, if it's a thing that you've got a PPS number and you're working, you can go to your local optometrist and have an eye test uh, mm-hmm. done from there. Why can't the yeah. same be done for younger people that aren't working? And because they'd have a PPS number, everybody in the country has a PPS number. And absolutely. Why, why not just say, listen, we'll go, open the doors and uh, let people in? Exactly, absolutely. And we have brilliant um, IT systems for the PPS, um, PRSI systems. So, um, you know, that would be an easy win. And the IT systems are already in place. So if there was willing and a part of um, certain bodies, we could absolutely put that in place. And like my colleagues have said, within days, we could see these patients or people, you should say. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, and again, I, I mean this and I have to couch this in a way that I don't offend anybody, but we're talking about some of the most vulnerable mm. people in society here who cannot absolutely. afford uh, to go private and go in and get their situation sorted out. Um, so you're, So this is a further put down for the people in question because... They can't afford it on one side, and on the other side, there isn't a willingness to allow them to be um, put on a purchase scheme of some sort. Absolutely, because especially when it comes to children, we really think that there should be the same access for every child in the country. It shouldn't be that if you live in one particular part of the country, you get your eye test and your glasses paid for, whereas if you live in another part of the country, you don't get anything. Um, So that's quite unfair. All right. We won't solve it today, Tanya Constable, but uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> no, but we're going to keep an eye on it. But thank you indeed for joining us. Optometry Ireland's uh, President Tanya Constable joining us on the line there. Get your comments into us uh, today. We need your comments, please. And uh, do so straight away uh, to 091-770-077. And you can also indeed uh, WhatsApp us or text us to 86 uh, today, just looking at some of the phone lines over here, and uh, have you any plans to interview Ollie Crow? Is that in relation to um, the non-declaration? We did speak to him yesterday. Uh, it's in front of Sipo, but he will get back to us at a later date. Uh, set of Skoda keys have been found in the Bank of Ireland in the city, um, and they've been handed into the radio station. So we're looking for a Skoda car now, then, are we? Ah, John. So a set of Skoda keys have been found in Bank of Ireland in the city. They've been handed in to the radio station. If somebody um, out there knows anything about that, could you just give us a call here? 091 77 It's quite expensive, by the way, whoever lost the key, unless they've got a spare key. I know you'll take the Skoda, but you can't have the Skoda because you have to find this flipping Skoda before you can take it, John. All these trips up to Mayo for your rehearsal. Um... So if somebody's lost a set of Skoda keys, please call us here. They could be yours. If you're in the Bank of Ireland, in the city, they've been dropped into us here, so we have them. Um, but it's quite expensive. I spoke to somebody recently, not just Skoda, but if you lose both sets of keys or both keys, it can cost you up to €1,200 Euro to get a new set of uh, remote controls and the gear to run them as well. So mind your keys. And if you lost a Skoda set, call us here. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. It's kind of sad, really, that we have to have National Slow Down Day to tell ourselves to slow down, to protect ourselves and others, indeed, from the madness of the way we drive. Anyway, National Slow Down Day. I can't believe that our next guest, indeed, is in an organisation that's 10 years old. I remember the day in question that we announced that the GRETBs are the or ETBs were to be um, set up. Sinead Morgan is Director of Further Education and Training at the GRETB 
and she was only two when uh, when when it was all set up. Uh, Sinead, good morning to you. How are you today? Good morning, Keith. I'm good. I That's a great believe, way to start the interview with that kind of compliment. Just, yeah. yeah. Listen, I can't believe ten years since it went from the old VECs to the GRE TV. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, and quite a ten years it's been, I guess, uh, Keith. Um, I think uh, sometimes we complain that uh, we don't spend enough time celebrating what we do, and I think this week is all about that kind of celebration of of the work that we've been we've been doing for the last ten years across the two counties. It is, but I mean, you've made a huge impact. I suppose what it's done though is it's streamlined it. I mean, we were talking off here. You have a dynamic chief executive in David Leahy, a dynamic chairman when it comes to Mogi Maher, a dynamic minister that gets it, and then you've got the team then. Yeah, and uh, you're absolutely correct. We have uh, dynamic people who are, I suppose, heading both our own organisation and our current Minister for Further and Higher Education, who's certainly keeping us on on our toes. But I suppose that wouldn't work if if the team back at base wasn't as dynamic to, to keep up with that. No, but he gets it. Uh, Simon Harris gets gets he what needs, does. and he, he gets it when it gets it comes to the uh, GRE TV, and he gets it when it comes to ATU and University of Galway. He actually gets it. He does, and I think maybe he didn't come through a straightforward education process himself. Um, and I think he he talks about that a lot. And if you haven't, or if you know people who haven't, it definitely gives you a greater understanding of why we're mm. here and the services that we provide. So whilst our school side, we have 19 uh, post-primary schools and, and two um, primary schools, our further education and training is kind of the area that has been continuing to grow under Simon Harris in particular. Our latest uh, development, which is a real game changer, I believe, for further education training in the West, is the announcement that we're developing tertiary degrees with uh, ATU, so there are five clusters around the country who are doing this and ourselves, Mayo Sligo Leitrim and Donegal ETBs are working with ATU and we will launch four tertiary degrees from this coming September um, uh, at, at the best of, of Simon Harris and, and we're happy to do it and I suppose what this means for people is you will be potentially able to start your degree um, in County Roscommon um, over the coming years where you would do one or two years there um, and it's for people who would never have thought they could even consider uh, entering kind of a, a third level process for loads of reasons. And we know a lot of the barriers are, are well discussed. So this yeah. is a real game changer. But this means, though, that if they're from Roscommon, they can start in Roscommon and do their two years and then come in and finish um, in Galway City or wherever or, they want to finish. Or Sligo there. or Letterkenny. Absolutely. That is, that's what this means. It's um, access for, for people that would never have considered it. But if you, and I'm not saying that you're speaking fast in any way, you're not. But if you take, you've mentioned further education and training. Yeah. Twice, three times, I think now. But I mean, if you break it down into further education and training. Yeah. It is, the, the three words themselves. Yeah. Are a big statement. They are. And the reason they're a I'm big... I'm not being smart saying no, that. No, I know that. The reason they're a big statement is if you... You could come to us in, in Galway Rose Comedy to be at, a, at any stage in kind of that further education or training journey. And that might mean that you left school early for whatever reason at some point and you're now in your 50s, 60s or older and you've never had that opportunity maybe to engage in. It could be a hobby course, it could be a skills course or it could be difficulty with basic uh, literacy and, and numeracy. Yeah. So uh, not to get because people outside of the education system don't understand that there are levels of 1 to 10. So 10 is a PhD and 1 is where you start that kind of yeah. literacy and numeracy journey. We do everything from levels 1 to 6. 
So to be able to meet that need across a region like Galway, Roscommon takes a large team and it takes a lot of dedication. Uh, so we have people who are engaging in our basic education to right through to our full-time and part-time. So that could be a PLC, it could be a traineeship, it could be an apprenticeship. Um, and then all of that with kind of the, the part-time provision for local employers. And I suppose that's one of the things about celebrating 10 years. Keith, we went from just pre the formation of the ETBs, we were coming out of recession when the then VECs had to kind of really meet that response and meet that demand for people who mm. found themselves out of work. We have now just gone through, I suppose, uh, a really kind of strong growth in the economy, which means full employment for yeah. most. And that would traditionally have been our fallow time or a time where it was hardest for us. But we are now expected and, and do deliver programs to those who are employed as well, um, which is a great service for, for industry, both in, in Galway City County and, and County Roscommon. I suppose to see others doing it though as well. I mean, you're, you're getting a good uptake on courses. Absolutely. And be it creative writing or be it electrical work or whatever it is, driving a bus. I mean, yeah. the spectrum is, is massive, so it is as to what people can do. And, you know, 50s, 60s or older, maybe they're rearing children, they had to put food on the table. Yeah. Maybe they've maybe they've retired um, young or early or maybe life has changed for them at home or otherwise yeah. if they're caring for older people. And now is their opportunity and their chance to flourish. Absolutely. We also meet needs with things that happen that are outside of our control. So the invasion of Ukraine a year ago, um, we are meeting an increased need around ESOL, language, English language courses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, our, our teams are doing that on the ground um, because it's what they're there to do. And, and with, with, with no complaint, um, mm. it's, it's something, I suppose, that this week then is that time to reflect and I guess to say thank you. Um, the further education and training side of Goyer's Comedy TV has just under 1,000 employees. The organisation as a whole has, has 2,000 so um, that, that's a lot of people employed mm. in the region as well and, and making that difference. But if you pause then and you look at the ETB, so we're looking at the GRETB, which is the Goldworth Common yeah. Educational Training Board, and you look at what's happening with ATU going from Letterkenny to uh, the boards of Clare and then the collaboration you've gone into there. Yeah. You've kind of solidified, I want a better word than that, but you've solidified the opportunities that people can have very close to home. Absolutely. And that's what's kind so important. Brought it into the community more. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that's the final piece almost in this. It's the that tertiary element where we were we're in almost every community in the two counties as yeah. it is. So now you don't just stop. I suppose at a certain level with us, you have that opportunity to to, to go right through. Um, and our relationship with our, our the higher ed partners is very strong, and will only get stronger through I suppose the new tertiary policy that the the Minister is rolling out. I'm talking with Sinead Morgan, who is the Director of Further Education and Training at GRETB. Um, for those who might be listening to us uh, today, cost is not a factor when it comes to training. No. Um, almost Just in case they're yes. thinking, you know, oh God, above where do I get the thousand euro for this? Go and talk to you. A absolutely. Um, I would say that 99.99% of people who come to our, to our um, programmes access those free of charge because 99.99% of our programs are free. Mm -hmm. um, we have a really good guidance service um, if you wanted just information around what's available. We have a free phone number. It's 1-800-140-242. Uh, our email address, guidance at goretb.ie. 
and I would encourage those who are on social media, we are on all all of the platforms, um, generally as at GRE to be official across Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, but if you're in any of our towns, um, Dunmore, Gort, Lochray, Balnasloe, any of our um, Connemara provision, drop into any of our centres. Our centre managers are there. They will have that information. And if they don't, they'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction. So it is on your doorstep right across mm-hmm. Galway and Roscommon. Didn't it take great vision for people who are bef- went before us? And I'm thinking of some of the, um, the people in the VEC that I would have dealt with a long time ago um, that are no longer with us. But it did take vision to take it from the VEC in Heinz's building mm. uh, to where the ETBs are in the country now. It did, and it took a fair bit of courage um, and an awful lot of, I suppose, cooperation. If we, For us here in Galway, was common, three ETBs, three former VECs amalgamated, mm. and then the former FOSS, um, up in Merview, so that's that's a lot of cultures to bring together. Facility. It's yes. a massive facility, absolutely, and getting bigger. Mm. Yeah, and again, bigger. It's, it's not. It's I don't know. It's a seven day week up there, those, but I passed on some one Saturday or Saturday recently, and all the cars are outside. So I mean, it's 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 there to facilitate when when people might have downtime as well. And, and we need to be because if you have caring duties or you're working, but you want to take up something part-time, there's no point in us telling you you can only do between nine, nine to five. So we are we, we are definitely six days a week. I think we probably take Sundays, generally speaking, but... Uh, it was the Saturday that I yeah, saw the car park fair enough. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are. It's, it's about meeting the need of when people need us. There's no point in us dictating that. All right, so 1800-140-242. How are you going to celebrate the 10th now, can you tell me? We've a lot of, I suppose, uh, small kind of celebrations taking place all week. So again, if you follow us on social media, you'll actually see a very nice campaign that we have running this week. And it's the voice of both learners and our staff. So you will, uh, I suppose, hear some very nice testimonials from people who have been through some of our programmes already over the last few years, but also our staff who work with us, some of who came through our system and are now delivering kind of courses in in our further education and training facilities. And I think it's a real testament, I suppose, to, um, I suppose, the organisation that we work in. Um, We're there, I suppose, our, our tagline is to empower people for life. Um, so not only are we providing training, we also provide employment locally. So I would encourage people to kind of follow that. We have an awards day in Crow Park, which is the National Awards Day on Thursday coming. So we have five projects or programmes that are shortlisted for an award on that day. Um, and I'm looking forward to hopefully being successful in at least one of those. Mm-hmm. And and again, we've all of our centres are having open days or coffee mornings over the course of, of this week and they're inviting people in the community to come in, meet, say hello, have a cup of tea, find out more about us. And again, I suppose just to give give a collective slap on the back or clap on the back um, for the work that's done. And for me, I'm 18 months just almost in, in this role and the amount of, I suppose, um, change and development in, in those 18 months has been remarkable. Good stuff. Yeah. Well done. Celebrating 10 years of the ETBs in the country. Sinead Morgan, Director of Further Education and Training with the GRETB. Thank you for joining us uh, today. And well done uh, to David Leahy and to Mogi Maher and to past staff members indeed and the uh, rest of the team who made it possible. Uh, Sinead, thanks for popping into us uh, today. Now, I want to uh, move on slightly because we also have to get to the Gardaí before 
at uh, 11 o'clock uh, today. I want to go to Mary Sweeney, who joins me from Self Help Africa, because uh, the Grealish family and the King's Head in Galway are looking to support and amplify the voices of women in Africa through their International Women's Day lunch this March. And all proceeds will go to Self Help Africa. And uh, Mary joins you on the line. Mary, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us Saturday. This is a great, another initiative indeed coming out of the King's Head. I have to say, you know, Mary and Paul Grealish are just, I wish they could be cloned. They're kind and generous and compassionate and they're reaching out and want to make a real difference. And they are making a real difference. They open up their restaurant and we ask as many people as possible to come to support us. It's 40 euro for the lunch. It's a fantastic, beautiful lunch. I've been down there a few times and it's the highlight. The food is just amazing. And Mary and Paul, just the greatest hosts, hosts you could hope to meet. And it's all about the spirit of reaching out, the spirit of recognising that the world isn't equal. It's not just, it's not fair. And this is the part they want to play. And they do it in such a generous kind-hearted way and it's a lovely lunch a fun lunch and people get to know each other get to chat and um, i'm coming down this year actually just to talk a little bit about the work that we're doing with regard to women and um, in the agricultural work and enterprise work that we're doing improved nutrition all of that income security for very poor farmers um in africa and uh, just very grateful to mary and paul for their kindness and their solidarity and their compassion and their belief in our work and is there, a, is there a, an amount that, I mean, how many can they take on the day, do you know? Well, I think they can take a good few. They can take, I think, 100, 120 now. You've caught me a little bit there, but uh, uh, plenty. Whoever wants to come, there's space. There's always space. And uh, as I said, it's 40 euros, half 12 to half two on International Women's Day. And we just recognise the role of women in the world. We understand that, you know, if I were to ask you now, how many countries in the world have reached gender equality? In other words, where men and women have the same opportunities and benefits. If I were to ask you that question, out of the data we have for 192, how many do you think we have? I'd say no. Where we've reached gender equality. How many would you say? I'd say zero. You're right. You're absolutely right. And the rate we're going is going to take a very, very long time. So we want to push this through and we want to look at the whole power dynamics that exist. And we want to try, especially with our farmers in Africa, because women often don't have access to the same things that men have, to information, to technology, to finance. And we're trying to change that. Yeah, I mean, 40 euro for the lunch and all of that goes indeed. And you're right about uh, Paul and Mary. They're just a lovely couple. They're, they're, They're really just a nice, quiet happy-go-lucky yes. and they're very happy together exactly. and they're happy. It, it, that's it. And you know, they do it in a very understated way. You know, lots of people like to kind of show and, and that's fine, but they do it in a very understated way. It's just a generous, it's just, it's their value system. It's, you know, it, it's just, mm. it oozes from them mm. and it's about kind of reaching out and saying, look, we have a bit more and this is our way of sharing. So they open up their whole restaurant and they give all of the proceeds to us so that we can engage in a work in, in if you look at even the Horn of Africa now, there really is a very serious drought problem with climate change and all of that. And uh, like a lot needs to be done and has to be done. And that's their way. That's their kind of solidarity. And it's done in an understated way, but kind, compassionate, caring and making a real difference. I was in town recently on a Saturday. I was in to get something. Oh yeah, Saturday two weeks it was. I know I was in to get. And I was passing up um, uh, Dobro's. It's a it's a fine pizza shop just up from the King's Head. And there the two yeah. of them were. On a Saturday evening, yeah. sitting in the window having a pizza, just a lovely, yeah. And, yeah. and and again a massive pub that they're running there, but just just yeah. very simple people sharing a pizza on a Saturday, uh, but there but they were. Cool. And now the fact he, that your colleague Ronan Scully is keeping an eye on things down here, like he's 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 watching everything down here. You know that, Mary. Oh. 
Can I be honest here? He's a legend. Like he's Roman a legend. Has, he, I, I, I can't keep up with him, honestly. He is the greatest networker I've ever come across in my life. And the thing is with Ronan, Ronan does it in a way you can hardly say no. Because oh. it's the way he asks and it's the tone and the love in his eyes and the love he feels. He's extraordinary. Um, I did the Camino with him last year and honestly, he was an inspiration. I mean, he ju- he wouldn't go to bed till everybody was gone to bed. He's up first. He's, he, he's a very, 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 a very deeply spiritual person as you know and he's just an inspiration to all of us at work to everybody he meets and yeah he's just a giver he's just a natural born giver he is and he won't he wears very much he wears the heart on the sleeve you can see the sleeve pumping like that's where the heart is it's not in the chest well, that's, that's, that's he wears the whole his heart, thing he wears yeah. his heart on his sleeve but he's uh, he will never ask yeah. somebody to do something that he won't do himself and he will never ask yes. somebody to do something if it puts them under pressure so the likes of Paul and Mary uh, Grealish and the King's yes. Head for International Women's Day um, they'd have mentioned it but he'd help them to execute it and make sure that it went well but he would never ask them straight up that's the way he goes yeah. about it yeah. he's a good person so International Women's Day that's tomorrow week isn't it? It is, yeah. It's the 8th of March and it's a really important day in the calendar of the world because it's in recognition of women. You know, oftentimes, if you look at unpaid work in the home, looking after the elderly and all of the kind of extra bits and bobs that I think all of you men know deep down that women do and that we carry. But often we don't get recognised for it and many parts of the world it's very unrecognised and this has to change. So it's around kind of looking at that and looking at how are we going to make this world more equal, more just, more fair? What is it that we need to do from governments right down to civil society, right down to within the family home. So it's a wonderful day and it's a celebration of women, a celebration of what we bring um, and what we can bring if we're allowed the opportunities, the same ones that men have. And all we want to be is equal, just parity of esteem and equal, equal opportunity, equal benefit, equal chances in our lives. And in the, for many, many women, this is not the case. Listen, keep up the good work. You're a mighty woman yourself. But uh, thanks, Mary, for joining us uh, today. Safe travelling to uh, Galway. And again, what time is it, what time is it on at? So it's at 12.30 to 2.30 on when, next Wednesday, Wednesday, the 8th of, of March. And yeah. they can get tickets. The King's Head, Mary and Paul Grealish host, best ever host. All right, but they can go into the King's Head and get the uh, tickets or the, can they go to Self-Help Africa and get the, or is it they they best to go into the King's Head? Or do you know exactly. what, if they you see... If you see Ronan Scully out there, he'll have some tickets in the back pocket and he'll take the 40 oh, euro don't and you worry. deposit don't it back you worry. in again. Ronan has all sorts of means of, of, of being able to join the, the cash to okay. keep our work going. Listen, keep up the good work. Mary Sweeney from thank Self Help Africa, thank you for joining us uh, today. Galway Gardaí are seeking your assistance next. Stay tuned for that and more to come. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. By the way, somebody's looking for the number for the. ETB, if I just pull it up here, I can get it straight away. It's 1800 140242. That's 1800 140242 uh, for further details uh, there. Now, Goldberg, they are seeking your assistance. It's been a busy, busy week for them, I have to say. And uh, Garda Nicola Brown joins me on the line today. Garda Brown, good morning to you. Thank you Dee, for joining us uh, today. We're going to a burglary in Oren Moore, Nicola, first off today. 
That's correct. Good morning, Keith. Um, Guardian or more investigating a burglary which occurred at H West Motors or more on Tuesday, the 21st of February at approximately 10 p.m. Uh, the steel fence was damaged at the rear of this garage and the suspect was disturbed by the owner who took off on foot. Uh, Jeep was observed in the area beforehand acting suspiciously. Anyone who have seen any suspicious activity in the area or may have any information or asked to contact or more Garda station on 091-388-030 or the Garda confidential line 1800-666-111. And again, just the uh, numbers there again, 091-388-030, frightening on the owner to come back and find that. Our 1800-666-111 for further details. Staying with uh, Garda Nicola Brown, um, a burglary in the Ballinisloe Garda Brown area. Uh, your full details there. Uh, Gardaí and Ballinasloe are investigating a burglary in Sarsfields Drive, Ballinasloe, which occurred between Thursday night to 23rd of February at 6pm and Friday morning 9am. Power tools were taken from an outdoor shed. Uh, Gardaí are looking to speak to anyone who witnessed any suspicious activity or who has any information or asked to contact Ballinasloe Garda Station on 090-96-31890 or the Garda Confidential Line, which is 1800 all right. Now, Galway Gardaí and Tume Gardaí are working together on this one. And Gardaí Brown, you have details on this of a burglary in the Barnajarag area. Uh, that's correct, Keith. Gardaí and Tume are investigating a burglary in the Carnacartan area, Barnajarag, Tume, on Friday the 24th of February at approximately 8pm. A number of items were taken from the home and Gardaí and Tume are looking to see uh, did anyone witness any suspicious activity or who has any information uh, to contact Tume Garda Station on 093-70840 or the Garda Confidential Line, which is 1800-666-111. Now, sticking with thefts, and we're going right across the city into Nocticara, Garda Brown here, and Ballymonian Road in Nocticara. Yeah, Gardaí and Saltella are investigating a theft which occurred at Glen Namona, Ballymonian Road, Knocknacara, on Wednesday the 22nd of February between 3.20pm and 4pm in which several power tools were stolen from the back of a van. Gardaí are looking to speak to anyone who witnessed any suspicious activity or who has any information in relation to this theft. We are asked to contact Saltella Garda Station on 091 514 The Garda Confidential Line then again is 1800-666-111. And it doesn't stop for you there. The final one today is another uh, theft as well, uh, Garda Nicola Brown. And you're going to the Lock George area on this one. That's correct. Guardian Lock George investigating a theft from Garrity Motors in which a wrench was stolen from a recovery truck. Uh, this occurred between Thursday the 23rd of February at 8pm and Friday the 24th of February at 10am. Uh, Guardian are looking to speak to anyone who witnessed any suspicious activity or indeed who has any information, they're asked to contact or more Garda station on 091-388-030 or the Garda Confidential Line 1800-666-111. Um, somebody just said, could you just repeat number one there again, the burglary in Oran Moore than West Motor, H West Motor, would you mind just giving us further details on that, uh, please? No problem. No problem. Uh, Guardian or more are investigating a burglary which occurred at H West Motors on Tuesday the 21st of February. Uh, this happened at approximately 10pm. Uh, the steel fence was damaged at the rear of the garage and the suspect was disturbed by the owner and this suspect took off on foot. A jeep was observed in the area beforehand acting suspiciously. So if we have any information there at all, we would be very grateful. Uh, or more Garda Station number there, 091 388 030. 
All right, have a goodness, safe week, uh, Garda Nicola Brown. Thank you indeed for taking our call this morning. That's Garda Nicola Brown joining us there. If you can insist to call with Garda in any way or you know any member of a Garda Shikona, would you be good enough and kind enough, please, to make contact with them? If you know anything about that, burglary in Oren Moore, the burglary in Banaslow, that burglary in Barnard Jarrog as well, and uh, the theft in um, from a vehicle in Knocknacarra, or the theft in Loch George there as well. It's... Uh, Dreadful, 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 and the Gardaí have enough to be doing. Now, some of the comments, by the way, left over from Friday's programme. I didn't get to them yesterday because we were just quite busy. Uh, but uh, Morning Keats, this uh, caller said, uh, I hope you're well. Lovely listening uh, to your guests on Friday talking about their history and stories. It's bringing back memories to my 82-year-old young mother, uh, me being from the UK. It just brings back memories. Uh, will you please say a big hello to uh, Breda Murphy, Neetonery, great lady as well. And another caller said, Keith, uh, am I right in remembering um, the Heffernans from Bohemore? They were boxing, they were boxing, and they were wonderful as well. And um, another uh, another messaging, great listening to the show on Friday, such a change uh, from doom and gloom. Are you saying that we do doom and gloom on this programme? We do not do doom and gloom on this programme. Not all the time, anyway. Uh, we try not to. To be honest, uh, Keith Friday was a fantastic show. Um, you should have Murview and all the areas on as well. The next one we're going to is on Friday the tenth of March. We're going to be live in Wildlands in my Cullen, and again we've got a good program put together. I we don't I don't pick them because we would go and the fact that I live in my Cullen area. Um, yeah, we just we kind of stick a pin. Well, actually, we might as well be honest. We have a map and we have a pellet gun. And then we put the pellet gun, we put the map up against the wall outside and we have a pellet gun. And then we shoot and wherever we hit. And then John has a go and I have a go. So he goes for the county and I go for the city. And wherever the pellet lands, that's where we go. Wherever, it's like that song, wherever I lay my hat, that's my home. Wherever the pellet lands, that's where we'll go from there. Uh, other comments coming in. Chantal and Clad and Renmore, Keith. Uh, you should be going there as well. Sure, look at that. So all you have to do is email comments at goldwaybfm.e. We're out twice a month. Delighted to be. And um, from Facebook, uh, this um, some, some of the comments came in from, God, I remember when I was a child being in Tonerys and the little shop on the way in was a homely place when I got older. Uh, well done to all. I remember Jim so well, pulling pints and a very nice man. Uh, Keith, I just heard the replay of uh, the Goldway show on Friday last. I love Phil and all that went with it. And a very enjoyable show. Love the banter and the crack. I listened to it this morning, Keith, and enjoyed a great show uh, close to the community as well. Really enjoyed listening back online, Keith, and well done to Jerry and all involved. And a great show. If you've want, if you missed it and you want to uh, find out more about it, uh, feel free just quite simply to go to galwaybfm.ie on Spotify or on our website, galwaybfm.ie. Go to podcasts. Go to my ugly mug that's on it and uh, hit podcast and then go back to Friday and the 9 o'clock hour, the 10 o'clock hour and the 11 o'clock hour, they're all there. And there's also, um, it's all in one then. There's one that, that's, uh, one of them there that's 154. And you can download it.
you go, Donna Summer. That's a bit of MacArthur Park, and I heard that, so I did on this very radio station with Mark Roberts over the weekend. You can get your exercise in the morning time with your dumbbells and your bottles of water and all of that and enjoy it uh, from there. If you want to nominate a bit of music, feel free to do so. By the way, just comments at goldwaybfm.ie or text us. With thanks to Rationale Windows to 086 Now let's head towards the news desk at 11 o'clock and we're back just after that. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. 